0: To get started, just fill out a brief questionnaire that matches you up with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com slash FilmDaily today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash
1: FilmDaily. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for November 16th, 2017. On today's podcast, we're going to be talking about a bunch of news, including Joss Whedon's Justice League tweets, Movie Pass: The trailer for Rampage, a possible Batman replacement, Fantastic Beasts 2, and Multiple Men. And in the mailbag, we'll be talking about movie trailers that show no footage from the movie itself. Uh, this is Peter Soretta, and joining me on today's podcast is Slash Film senior writer Ben Pearson. Hey, what's going on? And Slash Film writer Huy Tran Hey, everyone, guys. Let's jump into the news. Uh, First up is Justice League, which, by the way, you, you just saw last night, Ben, right? I did. <laughs> that does not sound good. No, no, no. it's
0: not. Um, I did not like this movie, Peter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Uh, I thought that I, – I was talking to my wife afterwards, and I was like, I'm scared of – Peter asking me what I thought about it on the podcast because I'm just going to derail the entire thing I don't know how how to explain how I didn't like this movie in a short concise way but
1: uh, and the only thing I'd say is don't you know spoil anything obviously. Not that i I think any of it can be spoiled. But
0: yeah, I I, honestly I think they're so the flash uh, is meant to be, you know, like this funny quirky character. I I didn't really think any of his jokes worked except for one that I won't mention because it was surprising and funny and it came near the end of the movie. Um, I thought none of the I I don't think it's a spoiler to say that Superman is in the film, right? Because like Henry Cavill is second build. I won't say what he does or what happens. Happens with him, but I didn't think any of that storyline worked. I thought the villain, as we'll talk about in just a second, was uh, really an embarrassment
1: um, when it comes to uh, comic book movie villains. Really, really terrible stuff. Um, I, I, I I will agree that the villain is probably the worst in comic book movie history, or at least modern comic book movie history. But it's I, pretty close. Yeah. Um,
0: but I, I, I I would I, also
1: say that the villain in Wonder Woman is very close to this level of bad, and people gave that a pass so
2: david Phillips was trying his best okay
0: yeah there so yeah we'll get into that but okay. um But yeah, I I don't want to, again, I don't want to derail this whole thing. I just, uh, I really went in with like zero expectations. And I will say that it is, uh, I thought it was better than Batman versus Superman. Um, That movie I found to be a punishing experience. I've said that before. And I I really stand by that. I feel like that's a really hard movie to watch. This uh, Justice League does not feel like that hard of a movie to watch. I don't think it's a good movie, but I didn't hate myself when I was watching it. And it's two hours and it, it doesn't really. I wasn't like, oh my god, this is way too long. This is you know a, t- a total slog or anything like that. I just don't think it's very good. It's not like um, you know bad on a on a legendary level. Uh, it's just not a great movie. So uh,
1: make of that what you will. Okay, because everything needs to be boiled down into a simple number.
0: <laughs> what oh would you give
1: it out of ten? <laughs> um, I've not thought about this.
0: I would probably give it a. I don't know, a 4 out of 10 or oh, something wow, like that. that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think that's that's probably
1: Yeah, I think so. The, and I would give I would
0: give Batman versus Superman like a 2 out of 10 or something like
1: that. Yeah. And uh both of those are way below the averages on uh, Rotten Tomatoes by the way. Rotten yes, Tomatoes the yes. score should be mentioned. Actually came out today and it's 40%, which is lower than we expected, but the critic average is like 51%. So that's like a 5 out of 10. Um, but still Four out of ten film critics like the movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yes. Okay. So, a- anyways, all that is t- to prelude into the story because Joss Whedon, uh, he liked to tweet on Twitter. What's going on? <laughs> yes. So, uh,
0: uh, Vanity Fair writer Joanna Robinson, who co-hosts a lot of podcasts that we uh, feature on Flash Film, um, she tweeted that Justice League's Steppenwolf is the worst comic book movie villain of all time, and not even Malekith the Accursed comes close. That's the villain from Thor: The Dark World. Uh, so, Joss Whedon liked this tweet, and that is sort of freaking some people out because Whedon. Uh, very famously co-wrote Justice League. He came on and ended up directing the reshoots and sort of oversaw the film and took it over the finish line when uh, original director Zack Snyder had to step away due to a family tragedy. So uh, the DC... Uh, Hardcore fans are like freaking out and going off on Joss Whedon for liking this tweet Um, I (laughs) I don't really think it's that big of a deal and I also think that he's right Uh, (laughs) Steppenwolf really really is a terrible character Um, I won't get into a full uh, Takedown but I, I think The most important thing for me is The digital effects that brought this character to life were, are just like next level terrible. Like, they it, 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 it seems like, uh, like Injustice Gods Among Us, DC and Warner Brothers, uh, you know, superhero f- video game, like yeah. fighting game. It seems like this character was just ripped straight out of that game and dropped into a movie for a, a film with a budget of like reportedly 300 million dollars. There is no excuse for this character to look that bad. It's just, it's inexcusable. It
1: it feels to me that they knew this part of the movie wasn't working and kind of just gave up on this and like, let's put the money for the reshoots into the stuff that we can help.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. And, and I think, you know, as far as (laughs) Joss Whedon liking this tweet, you know, this movie was like, The the wheels had started churning on this long before he came on board. So it's not necessarily his, uh, you know, his fault, per se, that Steppenwolf is even in the movie. Um, So I don't know. I I find it to be like, yeah, he sort of has a sense of humor about himself and like can at least acknowledge uh, criticisms which I think is something that we should be celebrating instead of you know freaking out about. But anyway, yeah. that's neither here nor there.
1: So. I, I, I think it's just of bad taste in like this industry, or it's considered bad taste in this industry to be involved in a production and to say something negative. Like You cannot find a filmmaker today that will say something negative about their movie that is coming out.
2: But he didn't uh, even say anything negative. He just liked well, a tweet, and then DC fans came, went
0: up in arms.
1: But liking is kind of a an endorsement yeah, yeah. i
2: guess in this new internet language i
0: guess but, yeah and yeah. then <laughs> but there are plenty of people who you know denounce their movies uh, after the publicity cycle has you know come to a close so it's not uncommon for people to be like yeah we sort of whiffed on that one but they, normally they just do it like a year or two later so yeah uh,
1: you that know, is true. it's not it's not that crazy but anyway yeah, you can read the whole article on slashum.com and Ben give goes much deeper into his, his hate for this villain there. <laughs> so you can you can read all that. Um, but moving on from that, we've been talking about MoviePass uh you know, the last few months uh, you know, they announced a 9.95 all you can eat or almost all you can eat uh, monthly subscription service for movies and now they have Announced that that price is going lower to $6.95 a month if you sign on for a year. HD, what do we know?
2: So, merely three months after MoviePass took the movie-going world by storm uh, with its 9 dollars subscription offer, it is offering a limited-time promotion that will last 12 months, uh, which you will pay $8.95 Oh, sorry. $89.95 upfront for an annual subscription uh, plus a $6.55 processing fee. So it's a new annual uh, promotion that uh, we're not sure how long it will be available for, but that they're promoting uh, on their website and they're also planning an announcement with further details tomorrow. But it's uh, really interesting because it's the only plan that will be available for new subscribers up until the limited offer expires. and um, current subscribers can also uh, up their plan, I guess, to the 695 per month uh, deal. And so the only requirement is that you pay upfront and it will go on for a month until it reverts back to the 95 per month deal.
1: But HT, what, what happens if I move or if, like, you know, theater stop supporting MoviePass in my area, can I cancel this promotion?
2: You can cancel this promotion, but there is a catch. If you want to cancel your annual subscription, you may cancel your annual subscription at any time. However, there are no refunds for the remaining unused time on your plan. If you change your mind, you will not be able to set up a new account for nine months. So that's pertaining to the new subscribers who start off with Movie Pass. Through the annual plan, which
1: so basically sounds, you're screwed.
2: Yeah, basically you're screwed. Uh, they don't have any details on if you um, are a current subscriber with the 99.95 plan, and then you go up to the annual plan, but decide to go back. So that's something that some details that they might ha- they might hash out uh, tomorrow when they uh, send out more details.
1: I don't know. To me, this sounds very, very shady because. <laughs> um, it seems like, you know, obviously they're losing money with, with this service. I, I, I can't imagine that they are making money. You know, people are paying $10 a month already and seeing, they see one movie a month in any major metropolitan area and, you know, they're losing money instantly. Uh, if they're seeing multiple movies a month, they're losing a lot more money. So um, it just seems to me that they're trying to raise a lot of capital. Uh, right now and build their subscription base to, what, maybe sell it off later on to be like, you know, we have a million subscriber. I don't know. It just seems... um seems rather shady. Ben, do you have any thoughts on this?
0: Yeah, I I mean, I echo exactly what you just said. I've dealt with enough people, enough sort of business people and seen um, people, you know, uh, frankly, pretty dumb business people try to, uh, yeah, just basically corral as much money as possible in order to like leverage a company. And this seems sort of like that. You know, I, I can't think of another reason why they would first of all 9.95 like you said it's it's already a pretty low price so dropping it more means that they just want more people to subscribe and then forcing them to pay up front very clearly indicates that they are just looking to get as much money in their pockets as possible right now it, it seems like this is like almost like a last ditch effort like they're already um, you know having the problems that many analysts uh, suspected that they might when they first sort of announced this thing. So I don't know if that's happening that's that's just pure speculation on my part but it seems like with these decisions that they're definitely gearing up for something. We just don't know what it what it is yet. Yeah, it's I-
2: odd timing too because they have not yet resolved a lot of the back order issues. Uh the new subscribers from 3 months ago still haven't a lot of the new subscribers from 3 months ago still haven't received their movie pass cards yet. Uh, there's still lots of glitches and bugs in the app, so they haven't even resolved the primary problems with the company and now they're trying to gain more subscribers and customers.
1: Movie Pass is one of those companies that like they're doing almost everything wrong, but it's such a great deal that I don't care. That their customer service is almost non-existent. I don't care that their app basically doesn't even work. You know, I don't. I, I don't care that the the service I'm buying is basically bad because you know I get to go see more movies for a cheaper yeah. price. Basically, um, yeah. Um it's also interesting that they recently hinted at that they're planning uh, they have plans on doing a streaming service, so I'm wondering if they're trying to raise capital for that mm. but uh if their app has any judgment on uh or any indication on you know how their you know tech is gonna go or even their website if you try to navigate around their website, it's like horrible um <laughs> I can't imagine a streaming service going well from this company, but um, what we'll to see I don't know. <laughs> Um, it might also be that they're trying to capture, you know, all these people that are who want to do this for like star Wars and the Oscar movies, you know, mm-hmm. they aren't able to sign up for that nine ninety five plan. They have to sign up for the year now. So, right. yeah. Uh, so they can't just buy it and then, uh, you know, cancel it a month and a month down the line after they've seen, you know, all 20 of the Oscar movies or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, also in the news, uh, we've been talking about Ben Affleck possibly not playing Batman in Matt Reeves' upcoming standalone film, The Batman. Uh, Now a new rumor claims that Matt Reeves might have a backup plan, like Batman himself. Uh, Ben, what do we know? So I want to
0: point out up top, and I want to heavily stress this, that this is nothing more than a rumor right now. It comes from a YouTube show called The John Campia Show, where the host claims that he spoke with a couple of his sources and heard that Matt Reeves, who is the director of Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and War uh, for the Planet of the Apes, he's directing the new uh, solo movie called The Batman uh, this source, these sources claim that Matt Reeves wants Jake Gyllenhaal to take on the role of Batman if Ben Affleck does not uh, continue on in that role. Um, so again, this is not a sure thing. Reportedly, there have been some conversations, according to this guy and his sources. But uh, we basically just wrote about it on the site because it's sort of interesting to talk about and, and think about. We're certainly not taking it as fact at this yeah, point. Yeah, and, and it, um, does,
1: it does seem... It seems very clear to me that Ben Affleck is not interested in returning as this character for at least the, lo- you know, the longevity of it. Yeah. Know? And I mean, he like at
2: the very least he's waffling back and forth.
1: Yeah.
0: And and like even I think it was this week he was like, I'm looking for a, a graceful and cool way to segue out of this. So, like, you know, he's openly saying in the public now that he's, you know, he's not interested in playing this character for very long. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, just sort of thinking ahead and wondering, uh, you know, assuming this is true, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, guys, that's kind of an interesting choice. I think he has uh, an intensity and and yeah, he, that would really be great for Batman and sort of give that character a shot in the arm. After seeing Affleck in Justice League, I'm sort of done with his version of Batman. Uh, that sort of rage that he brought in Batman versus Superman seems to be gone in Justice League. And without that that character or his his take on the character doesn't really do anything
1: for me. It doesn't really. Uh, I, I kind of stand like standalone. the. I, I kind of like the cranky old man up against you know Flash and Aquaman being kind of the the foil. Of, yeah, of that whole group no I
0: I guess I, it just didn't it didn't work as well for me as it seemed to have for you I, I certainly understand where they're going for but um, I, I just think especially for a, like a solo Batman movie that's the whole point of this uh, of Matt Reeves thing right it's like it's a it's supposed to be like a noir driven detective story so um I think Joan Hall, who has been really terrific in the last decade, I feel like he's like really reshaped himself as an actor with movies like End of Watch and Prisoners and Nightcrawler. Um, I think he would be pretty great. And it's also kind of a cool little piece of trivia that Hall actually auditioned for the role of Batman and lost out to Christian Bale when uh, Batman Begins was in development. So um, that would be a nice little mirroring aspect with Henry Cavill, who also auditioned for Superman Flyby back in the early 2000s, didn't get that part and then ultimately was cast in Man of Steel. So both of those guys would have that in common if this whole thing is even true in the first place and if ultimately Jake Hall does get cast as Batman.
1: Uh, this morning, Warner Brothers announced a title for the Fantastic Beasts sequel, and also gave us a first look and a synopsis. HG, you wrote this up for the site. What is this title?
2: The new title for the Fantastic Beasts sequel is Fantastic Beasts: The Crimes of Grindelwald, uh, which means it'll be focusing primarily on Gellert Grindelwald, the evil dark wizard played by now Johnny Depp, um, initially introduced to us introduced as Colin Farrell but sadly he was revealed as a bleach blonde but, but, By the Depp. way, l-
1: l- let's pause here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this title is like the worst possible title. Like, why didn't they have Fantastic Beasts and The Something? Like, you know, it would have sounded kind that, of like the Harry Potter series. But this, Yeah,
2: that would have been more parallel to the Harry Potter series, now that I think about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, and um, and looking at this first look image, which we, we can talk about in a second, but uh, you mentioned Johnny Depp. <laughs> and I'm like looking at this and I'm just like why is he still in this movie? Did anybody <laughs> want him to be in this movie?
2: Well, you know, he's a he's a big box office actor and they need a Hollywood actor to draw in the audience for this movie franchise that is not at all popular.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> what what else did we learn from this first looking synopsis?
2: Uh, so we learned some of the. I think we knew some of the um, actors who are coming in, but we learned some of the character descriptions for the for the new characters um, who will be played by Zoe Kravitz, uh, who was whose character Letta Lestrange was mentioned last movie. And there's also new characters played by Claudia Kim, who will be brings a little bit of color as well uh, into the film. Who's Maledictus, a carrier of a blood curse that transforms her into a beast. Uh, there's Callum Turner as Newt Scamander's older brother. Uh, he, was, he is a war hero and head of the or office. And we also get to see Jude Law in costume for the first time as young Albus Dumbledore, looking very Dumbledorean in his beard and sleek coat. And uh, we also learned that Ezra Miller is coming back. Well, we knew that he was returning for Fantastic Beasts, but he's up front and center in the uh, cast photo for Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Brindlewald. So that means he will be more than just a mysterious character who appears maybe in the third act. He will be front and center. Uh, so that is an interesting because um, he his fate was quite, um, quite left Left to mystery at the end of the first Fantastic Beast. actually when I first saw it I thought he had died, but uh, it turns out he is not dead and uh, Will be playing a larger role in the Fantastic Beast series
1: and Ezra Miller's uh, You know bowl cut does not look as, as bad in, in this photo But uh, Dumbledore does not look anything like I would have thought young Dumbledore would look like
2: everyone's very uh, sensual and they have very nice coats. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think that's, uh, that says it all. Um, okay, let's move on from Fantastic Beast to uh, Marvel's Multiple Man, uh, which is a comic book getting a movie uh, just... Yes, so Deadline reports that a Multiple Man movie is being developed over at
0: 20th Century Fox. So this is not a Marvel Studios movie, but it's a, a Fox movie under the Marvel banner. Um, this character, Multiple Man, is one of the X-Men in you know, the, the various incarnations of that comic. Uh, Wonder Woman screenwriter Alan Heinberg and longtime X-Men producer-writer Simon Kinberg are going to be producing this movie alongside James Franco, who is going to be starring as the title character. And I don't know anything about Multiple Man. Uh, but according to our very own Jacob Hall, who does, he says in the Marvel comics, Multiple Man is the codename of Jamie Madrox, a mutant with a double edged superpower. Whenever he makes physical contact with anything, he creates a copy of himself and then that clone can create a copy of itself and so on. Naturally, this comes in handy in a fight, but it's a real pain in the butt if you want to live an ordinary life. So uh, that is basically the the uh, breakdown of the character. Um, this means that James Franco is going to be playing multiple roles in this movie, which is interesting because I feel like the real life James Franco would love to clone himself and, (laughs) you know, go off and make all sorts of different stuff since he's like one of the busiest people in Hollywood. Um, it's also interesting that this is going to, we don't really know what the tone of this is going to be like, but Fox, uh, has been really making some fascinating choices with, their X-Men properties over the past uh, year or so with Deadpool and Logan, uh, the upcoming new mutants. So this could be just about anything, but it's probably not going to be a straight down the middle sort of boring X-Men adaptation. It's going to be something sort of fascinating and interesting. And, you know, putting James Franco back in a superhero movie after the Spider-Man films, uh, it's been a while for him. And this should be a cool, uh, you know, chance for him to play a bunch of different types of things in one movie.
1: Yeah, I was going to say that James Franco likes uh, being in Marvel movies, but not being in the Marvel Cinematic Universe at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, th- this character seems very ripe for him to, it, it just seems like the kind of role that he would want to play. And, mm-hmm. uh, it, you know, he's been doing a lot of more interesting work, le- recently. So I think for a superhero film to attract him, I think is is something worth noting. Uh, H.T., do you have any thoughts on this?
2: Uh, Nothing that you guys haven't pointed out. I don't know much about Multiple multiple Man myself, but it sounds like a really intriguing premise. And I think that I agree with Ben. I think 20th Century Fox is doing a lot more interesting things with their X-Men movies, even if their main X-Men universe is a little bit of a mess. So I trust uh, whatever side projects they have a lot more than uh, Sony
1: I read the X Men comics, and I don't even know who Multiple Man is. When I see Multiple Man, I just think of that uh, Michael Keaton movie from like the nineties. Yeah. Multiplicity, forget- <laughs> multiplicity, yeah. I just picture that in my head. Um, oh,
2: I remember that movie. Yeah, yeah, the clone doppelganger movie, right? Or clones?
1: Yeah, I think I believe so. Um, But moving on, because everybody was obsessed with cloning in the 1990s, uh, from (laughs) Jurassic Park to that, yeah. Um, And there was Dolly the Sheep. I am old. Okay, uh, (laughs) moving on. Uh, We're going to do a reaction of the Rampage trailer. So if you have not seen the trailer, you can go watch it now. If you want to skip this reaction, which will be pretty brief, uh, Future Peter will come in right now and tell you the time code that you can go to. Future Peter here. Go to 30... 35 to skip this rampage trailer discussion that's 30 35 okay so the trailer for the Dwayne Johnson film rampage it's based on that classic uh video game series which is basically just a rip of King Kong and Godzilla um it's uh in this this trailer has come out uh, we, we didn't know what this was going to be it, it's kind of weird because it starts off kind of like almost feels like Dawn of the Planet or like Rise of the Planet of the Apes but with Dwayne Johnson and then <laughs> and then it's it, and it's kind of like uh it seems a lot less fun than I think a rampage movie would be and then it becomes ridiculous and it, just, it, it in the end it just seems to me like they wanted to make King Kong but not have to, you know, go through all the bo- the quote unquote boring story. Let's just let's just, you know, Let's just F up New York City. <laughs> and throw
2: D- Dwayne Johnson in there, too. Yeah.
1: Uh, do you guys have any thoughts on this trailer? HG, what do you think? Uh,
2: well, I, I watched it just before we started recording this podcast, and um, I thought it was astonishing how this trailer seemed to be both the most Dwayne Johnson movie ever and a <laughs> parody of every D- Dwayne Johnson movie. I really got just kind of vibes of that SNL skit in which they had Dwayne Johnson play the live-action Bambi, uh, which just took every element of the hyper-masculine, uh, super-testosterone Dwayne Johnson films and <laughs> injected it into this really banal quality, banal story and t- times multiplied it by by 10. And I thought it was hilarious. Just the whole time I was kind of like, oh, wow, they're really doing this. It's just a uh, A gentle movie about a really muscular guy who speaks with apes and then he becomes this hero who can kind of drive a helicopter so or fly a helicopter so it was just it was fun and ridiculous I don't know if I I would watch it I would watch it with my movie pass um (laughs) but yeah it kind of didn't feel like a real movie to me I never watched the uh never played the rampage video game so I wasn't familiar with that but I am familiar with the Dwayne Johnson movie formula (laughs)
0: yeah it to me it looks pretty bad like (laughs) i don't know I, i i'm a big dwayne johnson fan but he certainly knows how to make uh crappy movies every once in a while and this it just seems like um Like, imagine this in the hands of a different director, right? Like, something about this, to me, just seems uh, so leaned into the formula and so, like, we've seen this a million times before. Um, I know Johnson, I think Brad Payton directed this, who directed him in um, San Andreas, and then he directed him in uh, Journey to the Mysterious Island or something like that, like, ten years ago. And Johnson is one of those guys who loves working with the same people over and over again. And his collaborations with with Brad Peyton just seem like they might be great on the set, but like the movies that they they make together are not uh, the top tier Dwayne Johnson movies for me. So it just looks like an amalgamation of. Jumanji like what you know when this trailer opens it looks like he was still on the set of <laughs> Jumanji and they were just like all right let's uh
1: let's and what's cross gonna happen over when, when Jungle Cruise comes out I feel like you know once those three movies comes out someone is going to be able to make a mashup film yeah. using footage yeah. of all three of those movies and it will be you know the most it, it will be the most J- Dwayne Johnson movie I, <laughs> I want to see that uh super cut
0: yeah and then, like even the helicopter thing, he's a helicopter pilot in San Andreas, so it seems like almost like this meta sort of joke. And I was like, ah, guys, i don't I don't know about this. This whole thing just looks uh... and you know, the the King Kong similarities are pretty blatant. I mean, I guess the game is so uh basic that it's just you play as the monsters and you try to destroy as many cities as possible. Well, well, the they game, had to the do game something. is based
1: on King Kong. so there's like, There's almost nothing to the game whatsoever. Yeah, it's so simple, and this just seems like, I don't. Yeah, I'm
0: (laughs) as much of a Dwayne Johnson fan as I am. I'm not looking forward to this one.
1: You know what? I I wish this movie looked like more fun because I would like to just be in a city while these monsters are destroying it. Like that could be fun, but this Mm -hmm. seems like it's trying to be more of a story than it needs to be, and more. I don't know. (laughs) It's Uh, not a movie enough. Yeah, yeah, be exactly. More pulpy. Yeah, yeah. Give it, give it
0: to like an indie filmmaker who has like a, you know a different idea of like where to put the camera or some way to like some angle on this this kind of story that we haven't really seen before. Instead of something like this, which is just like, yep, this is exactly what you expect it to be. So I, I don't know. I guess there's something to be said on a business level for delivering. Uh, you know, something for where people are familiar with it, but from a creative standpoint, it just doesn't seem like it's taking any risks at all
1: and, and tell me this because we've had the tra- the uh, the spoiler discussion going on in the podcast and you know this whole trailer I'm like, oh my God, there's only two monsters in New York City that seems like so subdued for Hollywood to do. do you know what I mean like why aren't they throwing all the monsters in New York or all these creatures in New York City and then uh the end of the trailer reveals uh, what a like giant lizard creature coming from the yeah it's like a hundred foot crocodile or something or a hundred yard i think
0: it's supposed to be a crocodile that's as big as a football field
1: yes um (laughs) so my question to you is that seems like it's probably a late in the film reveal like did that feel a little bit spoilerish do you not care because you don't even care about this movie (laughs) uh
0: partially that and then the other part was like i was sort of waiting for it to come along because anyone who knows anything about rampage knows that there are those three creatures it's like a wolf a gorilla and a like a lizard like a a crocodile-esque kind of thing so i i don't think it's really a spoiler to say that all of those things are in the movie even though the structure of this trailer does seem to indicate that we aren't going to see much of the crocodile until later in the film
1: yeah, I feel like you can't market the movie without all three of yeah. the, the monsters on the poster. So maybe it isn't. I don't know. I mean, our line on on the podcast and on the site is if it's in the trailers, it's worth, you know, discussing without a spoiler warning. Mm-hmm. So... uh And that does it for our discussion of the Rampage trailer. Let's get into the mailbag today. Sherwin writes in, uh, with the release of the new Deadpool 2 uh, teaser today, I was just curious what you all thought of that style of trailer. He basically asks, uh, you know, these these trailers with no footage from the actual movies themselves. And... um, I mean, I can't speak for you guys, but I, I used to love these kind of trailers. Hollywood used to make these kind of teaser trailers way more often than they do now. Like, it seems to happen very much less. Um, but do, do you guys have any opinions on trailers without any footage from the film itself? Well, I De- love it.
2: Yeah, the well, the Deadpool teaser actually had, like, flashes of footage from the new movie, but they were so brief that you couldn't really make anything of it. Um, but yeah, I... I enjoy that because I think it, it actually builds anticipation more. Sorry, Ben, go, go ahead. Yeah, no, 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 no.
0: I, exactly. I was just going to say the same thing. I, I like it a lot, and especially as somebody who, you know, I, I don't really like watching all of the trailers for something. So if I can see a teaser that doesn't even have any footage in it at all, then it it does a lot of the the heavy lifting of, like, setting the, the tone for what to expect, um, which is what I want out of a teaser anyway. So, yeah, it's it's cool. I wish they did it a little bit more often these days.
1: So I, th- I thought we'd take this opportunity uh, to kind of listify this and, and, and talk about uh, our favorite movie trailers or teaser trailers that don't show much footage from the film itself. Um, I'll start this off with Jurassic Park, which I'm not sure if you remember this teaser trailer, but it kind of like – I remember it like is um, – talking about a mosquito million, you know, hundreds of millions of years ago. And it, it basically shows them looking at the mosquito under the microscope. And it, it's like this big buildup to the reveal that they have, you know, recreated dinosaurs from their DNA. Um, is a fascinating trailer with no footage from the actual film. I don't believe. Um, and I, I wish more trailers were like that. It like really got you excited watching it. Um, and, uh, I don't know I just wish uh I wish like someone like Ryan Johnson or you know J j. Abrams was given the budget and the time instead of like a Star Wars movie to you know film something like that for one of these kind of movies because I don't think people want to see the trailers and be spoiled, you know the, and not that the trailers are spoiling anything, but you know I, I I think like a big event movie this really works well with big, huge event movies.
2: So my choice is kind of a cheat because mine does have uh, some footage from the movie, but it's more of a music video almost. My first choice is Where the Wild Things Are, which is Spike Jonze's movie. Um, and it, it's basically a music video featuring Arcade Fire's uh, song Wake Up. And it kind of acts as like a tonal poem. Uh, No dialogue is really uttered, except for like one or two lines. And it really builds the sort of emotional response that you get when you watch the film later. But you don't know that when you first see the trailer. It's one of my first, my favorite trailers in general. But I think it's really nice because it doesn't reveal much of the story. It just reveals a bunch of footage and... um, some of the some more surreal aspects of it and how it relates to like childhood and everything so that's one of my favorite ones of the teasers that are more mysterious
1: and that's one of those trailers i think is arguably better than the movie itself it's just like (laughs) such a piece of like art Um, ben how about you
0: uh, my first pick is Terminator Two: Judgment Day. There's this really cool teaser uh, where it's basically a um, like a, a what does it call like a factory line of the uh, the different models, the T800 models, being constructed, and it's all, none of this footage is actually in the movie at all. But I guess. Uh, James Cameron gave Stan Winston, the makeup special effects guru, like 500 grand to create this teaser before uh, any of Terminator 2 was actually shot yet. And it's basically just like an exoskeleton sort of going down the line and getting constructed and put together. And then it finally gets put into this like, uh, this one last box and Arnold steps out and he looks at the camera and his eyes turn red and he says, I'll be back. And it's, you know, and then it's just like T2 summer 1991 kind of thing. So, (laughs) um, yeah, I just like the, it's basically as simple as, uh, this thing that you loved is coming back and the actor that you loved is also coming back and it's
1: just a, it's a cool kind of vibe. Yeah. I liked it. The next one on my list I like because it's just so different than any trailer you know out there today or any trailer in the last you know thirty years, and that is uh, the trailer for Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. And I'm not sure if you guys have seen this, but it's basically Hitchcock for it's a six and a half minute trailer. I can't imagine this playing before a movie. It's a six and a half (laughs) minute trailer and it's him walking around the set of Psycho and explaining what it is. And there's like not any footage of it. Like, I think there might be some screenshots. It's just if you have not seen this, I will link it in the show notes. You, You should check it out because it's like, why? Why isn't there like a filmmaker like Spielberg or Abrams or? you know Scorsese doing something like this it's just so interesting and so different and uh I don't know it's just cool uh what's up on your your list next
2: so my next one is the Lilo and Stitch teaser trailer uh if you guys remember some of the viral marketing for Lilo and Stitch involved uh the character of Stitch which is the little blue alien that wreaked havoc everywhere he went um just crashing into some of the most famous scenes from other Disney movies. So he interrupts the um, flying carpet ride for Aladdin. He interrupts uh, Little Mermaid's song, Part of Your World. And they basically animate whole new sequences where these characters get, like, pushed around by him and then get angry and, like, slap him or something. Well, not bodily (laughs) abuse, I'm sorry. They get angry (laughs) at him and, like, splash water or something like that. And I remember watching these um, teasers and like the the little previews that they show in front of the, the VHSs for various Disney movies. And I was like, what the hell is this as a kid? And it's kind of, it's probably a little bit corny and weird now, but I really liked it as a child. And Lilo and Stitch actually became uh, one of the better like, off-brand Disney movies. So it's a really good teaser trailer that makes use of Disney's most famous characters as well as kind of poking fun at it.
1: Ben, what is up next on your list?
0: Uh, Mine is the teaser for Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, which is basically just like two minutes of um, behind the scenes footage of them making the movie. And it ends with them saying like production is underway. The film comes out, you know, in whatever year it was, 1989 or whenever it it came out. Yeah. so it, it's it's like the you know, you've probably heard the famous story about uh, Harrison Ford riding the horse in that movie and the, his hat, uh, the fedora flying off all the time and him like physically stapling the hat to his own skull so he does that that footage is in this uh teaser and you can watch him do it and then yeah it's just a lot I never knew yeah yeah it's it's just a lot of cool like behind the scenes shots of explosions and it shows um you know Spielberg and Lucas on the set and everything and it has a couple of flashes of the actual shots that you, the, the final shots that you see in the movie itself. But for the most part, it's like alternate angles. It's like, you know, somebody else with a camera filming the hum the huge camera rigs filming the stunts or whatever it is. So, um, yeah, I just like, uh, you know, it's like a throwback. They don't really do anything like that anymore. And it, yeah, it more, more so almost like announced that this production was happening instead of like, here's the, you know, the glitzy sort of, uh, uh, you know, a slickly edited final trailer kind of thing. So for sure. yeah, I like
1: that one. Uh, next up I'll, I'll give my last two because we got to go, uh, more quick fire here. Uh, one of mine is Godzilla, the 1998 movie. Uh, Who is that? Roland Emmerich, I think. Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, there was this teaser trailer that had uh, some kids getting a tour of a museum in New York City. And there's this uh, they're looking at this big skeleton, uh, a fossil skeleton of a dinosaur and basically Godzilla's foot comes through the ceiling of the building and crushes it and it's just like showing the size and scope and you know kind of announcing that this movie's happening and it was kind of epic at his time that you know the movie wasn't as good as the trailer um pixar used to do these incredible teaser trailers they did one for the incredibles which had mr incredible in his office and it kind of like gave you kind of like like the feeling of a superhero in his mundane environment, and you know his wife calls him for dinner, and he's trying to get his suit on or whatever, and you know he's too big to fit into it, but he you know wants to try on his old suit. I don't know. It, it, it's more of a, I guess, a tone piece for what Brad Bird was trying to do with the movie and give you an idea of what it was going to be than anything else. And it was you know footage that is actually isn't in the movie itself. HD, uh, what is your final choices?
2: My final pick is kind of another semi-music video. Uh, it's David Fincher's The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Uh, so the teaser trailer for it is set to uh, Led Zeppelin's Immigrant Song. And it's one of the best, actually the best use of Immigrant Song, I will say that, in a trailer. And it's just extremely quick and rapid fire cutting. It's really intense. You see flashes of footage that don't really make sense uh, if you haven't seen the uh, the Swedish version or read the book. and it's it's a really well-made trailer that I actually like to go back to sometimes and just watch it because even though the final movie is actually is really great, um the trailer itself is just another one that's on another level, I feel like nice.
1: Ben, what are your final Uh, picks? Yeah, I have two
0: more really quickly. Uh, One of them is a teaser for Back to the Future, which, Peter, I'm sure you've seen this one a million times, but it's uh, Marty McFly sort of like walking through, like basically down a desert street, and he gets inside the DeLorean, and it's a ton of shots of, like insert close-up shots of, all of the doodads and gadgets that are inside of the DeLorean, uh, and then it shows Marty with his reflective sunglasses, and a voice says, "How far are you going?" And he's like, "About thirty years." And then like the, <laughs> the theme song kicks in, and uh, and you get to see the the fire tracks and all that stuff at the very end. So that one was kind of cool. And then uh, my last one is one for Hook, which is a, another Spielberg movie that I love. Uh, I know a lot of people don't like that movie, but I, I'm a big fan of Hook. And uh, the teaser I had never seen before. How, how is it-
1: that you like Hook, but not Goonies. Okay, go on. on. You don't like Goonies,
0: Ben? No, no, I don't. Man, I'm like super negative on this episode. But uh, anyway, (laughs) Hook. Guys, I got a lot of love for Hook. I'll give you that one. Um, So this teaser I had never seen before today, uh, before researching for this prompt. And uh, it has... Dustin Hoffman's Captain Hook, but you don't actually see him. The whole thing in that movie is that his hook gets, like, detached and he can attach other things in place instead of the hook. So he attaches a magnifying glass, and then he looks over um, he basically holds a magnifying glass over this uh, intricately drawn map of Neverland and it basically like hovers over all of the credits of the big stars who are going to be in the movie and John Williams' score plays in the background and that's a big part of why I love this is because I, I'm a huge huge fan of Williams' score for that movie so just being able to, uh, I like I said I'd never seen that before but Um, imagining what it would have been like to see this teaser before having seen the movie and like get that first real glimpse of what, uh, Williams was going to do with that score is pretty fantastic. So, uh, yeah, I like that one a lot too. Uh,
1: A few years ago, I wrote a article on the best teaser trailers of all time. I will link that in the show notes. You should go check that out. It has a lot more, uh, than the ones we mentioned, like there's this Jaws trailer that just like is under underwater footage, not from the movie. It's cool. Uh, there, there, there's a ton of examples in there. You you should check it out. Uh, if you have any questions to send to us in the mailbag, send them to Peter at SlashFilm.com. And please leave your name and general geographic location in case we mention it on the air. Uh, you can find more of my work at SlashFilm on Twitter, SlashFilm.com. You can find Ben at Ben Pears on Twitter. You can find HT at... Tran Bui on Twitter. Uh, you can find this podcast published every weekday on iTunes, uh, Google Play, all the popular podcast apps. Uh, you can please go to iTunes, give us a rating, give us a review. That helps us out quite a bit. Uh, spread the word, tell your friends, and we'll see you tomorrow.